Welcome to the Learning to Flourish podcast. We're your hosts, Kelsey Donnell and Laura Jean Tremblay. This is a place to stop waiting and to learn to flourish exactly where we are, right in the in-between. Join us each week as we discuss topics that pertain to daily life and how we can flourish in the here and now. Welcome back, friends. We have some good news for you, Kelsey. What's the good news? Um, You guys, we hit 5,000 downloads. 5,030 what? Two. 32. That's insane to me. That is insane. Oh my gosh. Like take a second to think about that. Like we're sitting here. It's just the two of us. We just chat. And like imagine 5,000 people in in a room. That's insane. That's kind of – like 5,000 people, not even in a room that they didn't want to be in, like that in their lives chose to seek it out and press play. Like that's crazy to me. That's the coolest thing. So thanks so much. Here's to the next 5,000. We're happy to be here. Oh, oh, so beautiful. Truly, truly an honor, folks. Mm-hmm. So Kelsey, what is your God wink for this week? Um, my God wink is uh, asking for forgiveness. Ooh. Yeah, I was thinking about this today and I was trying so hard to come up with um, an uplifting one. And I think in a way this is it. But um, in the past week, honestly, I have stuck my foot in my mouth a couple times. Um, and that hurt people. And um, asking for forgiveness in the moment is a very hard thing. And it's a very humbling thing. Um, but I, it is an important thing. Mm-hmm. And I it took a very, very sturdy God wink for that. But yeah, I think, I mean, hi, I'm Kelsey and I'm human and I make stupid mistakes sometimes. Um, And uh, that requires asking for forgiveness. And I think that is something that I'm working on. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's one of those things that I feel like you can get good at, but there's always work to be done. Mm -hmm. And I just think, We'll just leave it at that. I don't, yeah. Forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness. That's mine. What's yours? Um, Mine has been at this start of Lent, which we had just a few days ago. Um, it's really interesting because I heard something last week or two weeks ago or something Um, someone talking about what they're doing for Lent and just kind of was an invitation to have, like, to ask the Lord what he wants you to focus on for this Lent. And it was just such a God wink that, like, that spun my head a little bit of like, okay, yeah, I can get in my own head of like, this is what I want to do to please you, or this is what I want to do to, um you know, because this is what I I feel like I failed and I'm trying to make up for it or whatever, right? We come up with all sorts of things in our heads. And like I said on the podcast a few weeks ago when we talked about preparing for Lent, like 
it should be about him. It shouldn't be about us. Right. And so like asking the Lord, what, what do you want from me from this Lent is something a, a really great practice to get into. Anyway, um, after hearing it the first time, I feel like everyone is talking about that this Lent. Like, it's so mm. funny because I've heard so many people talk about like, well, have you asked God what he wants you to do yet? So that was just neat. Like kind of that reminder of like, yeah, that's a really good thing to do. So I love it. Yeah. Good. Good. We're on, when we're recording this, you guys, we're on day two of Lent. And so with that in mind, Laura Jean, how are you doing? <laughs> Actually pretty good. Um, the focus for me is to make myself more available for intimacy with the Lord. I love that. That's beautiful. So like some distractions, like just taking those out, making more time for prayer and things like that. And so far it's been really beautiful. I love that. So yeah. It's fantastic. Something that has been helping me though so much, and you guys have may have heard of it a lot in this last week, is the Hollow app. Ugh. And no, they're not sponsoring this episode, but if they want to, we would not be they mad. They should. <laughs> um, they, okay, they had a Super Bowl commercial. Like, they are going all out this year, and they have over 1 million people who are in the Lent challenge, who are actively praying in the Lent challenge right now. Are you doing it? Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I've it's been- so good. Okay. Okay. Remember how, was it, was self-care last week? I can't even remember. Anyway, yeah. when we talked about self-care, you were talking about your evening routine and how like, you know, and I was talking about how the, it's for me, it's the morning routine. Well, I've been putting it on while I've been putting my makeup on. Ooh. Uh-huh. It's so good. So I good. Love I love it. Oh, I think it's incredible. If you guys haven't started yet, you should. It's real. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really good. Love it. Anyway, how has Lent been going for you, Kels? Um, good. Good. Uh, together, Ethan and I decided to give up our snooze and, like, wake up early in the morning so we could actually, like, hang out. Um, we're not good at mornings. At all. So, uh, it's been a tough two days for that. We've done it, but it's been tough. Um, and then myself, um... I'm really focusing on complaining less. Um, <laughs> You're just going to leave it at that. Focusing and, on complaining. Well, I wanted, I didn't want you guys to be like, she's focusing on complaining. Like she, she really puts purpose into her complaining, you know? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on focus. I'm focusing on uh, complaining less and um, choosing uh, to be more grateful in the moment. Um, and then I'm giving up all drive through food and drink. Um, I drive wow. through scooters every day without a doubt. Uh, so yeah, it's amazing how many times in the last two days I've been like, I'm just going to go grab scooters real quick. And then I'm like, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to drink my water. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. I heard something today that makes a lot of sense and that, I think might blow your mind here in a minute. So I love it. 
Of course, I get all my news from Instagram. Okay, no, I don't get all my news from Instagram. Don't come at me. But this particular piece of information was found on Instagram. And um, it was this woman who she was talking and she was like, listen, something that has changed my whole way that I look at mornings is that for the first 20 minutes, my brain cannot make a decision. So like, I mean, it can, but it essentially was saying I took out all the decision making for my first 20 minutes of the day and that has changed everything. So essentially like what you're going to do as soon as your alarm goes off, plan that the night before. Plan what you're going to have for breakfast the night before. Plan what you're going to put on your body the night before. Like plan all that out so that when you wake up, you're not like, oh, what am I going to wear today? And then you're like, it's hard to get out of bed because you're like, you don't have those decisions figured out. And so this woman was just saying like, yeah, we're capable of making decisions, but just like we can't take for granted that our mind is the same when we first wake up to like yeah. what is the rest of the day. Like t- like take that into consideration that our brain needs time to wake up too and just take the decision out of it. So I love that. That might help you. I think that probably will. That's a really good idea. Because I know, oh my gosh, it's such a struggle. You wake up, your your alarm goes off, and you said you're not going to use this news, and you're laying there, and you're like, oh, but I could just fall back asleep, or mm-hmm. I could get up, but what would I wear today? And then you're planning things in your mind, and you're falling back asleep. Like, oh, it's a cycle. It's a it's cycle. A cycle. Ooh, it's like a downward spiral. Real fast. <laughs> Real fast. <laughs> oh well Laura Jean tell the people what are we talking about today because it okay. is not this well okay we didn't plan it this way nor is it but we're just gonna say there's there's a theme of fives going on okay there's a theme of five five thousand downloads and five tips <laughs> talking about hey. five tips to thrive in the getting to know you phase all you people out there who are single this is for you that isn't where i thought you were going with it what was that what are you using i thought you were gonna be like we didn't plan it this way for it to be right after things or right after valentine's day (laughs) right (laughs) you went on a strict left and i was on a strict right Okay, well, both both are valid, I guess. Do. We didn't plan this either. It's fine. We're doing great. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, yeah. So if anyone is single right now and is struggling in this dating time in history because, goodness gracious, does anyone else want to rip their hair out? Just me? Just me? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a wild I world out there. I can tell you're not alone. <laughs> I can, with absolute confidence, say you are not alone. Oh, I know. Oh, I know it. Don't I know it? So that's why we're going to talk about this today because we can easily lose our minds in this dating culture at the moment. 
So we're just going to give you five tips to hopefully keep your head on a little straighter, your sanity a little bit more intact while we're, we're going through this dreaded getting to know you phase, the situationship situation, the lack of clarity, don't know where we stand. Since unfortunately, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. We just have to come up with a plan of how to get through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm here for it. I'm so excited. For all of us listening here, Kelsey, you have successfully (laughs) gone (laughs) through it. What's, tell us, how do we do it? (laughs) Find an Ethan. (laughs) That's my advice. Um. I don't know. I don't think there is a secret. I um, went on some crummy dates and hung out with some crummy people. Um, and honestly, there's probably a lot of dating that I didn't do well. Um, and I, uh, I'm going to say this probably 10 times. There are, there are a lot of people who will tell you that dating should be easy and it should be fun and it should be like, this perfect little circumstance. And to that, I say, no, no, it should be fun and it should be exciting, but it should also be real. You should be talking about real things. You should be talking about your real beliefs. You should be talking about your real feelings. And a lot of times those aren't going to um, align perfectly, you know? And, um, that's where you learn how to communicate with um, who might potentially be your future spouse. Because there's also a lot of times in marriage where you're not going to agree 100%. It is what it is. Um, so yeah, your dating time should be fun and exciting and you should get giddy, but you should also like put some serious thought into it and have some serious conversations. And sometimes serious conversations aren't fun. And again, it is what it is. Right. You have to talk about real things because this is real life. Yeah. This isn't, and this isn't like a, you don't have a, a couple of years where it's like a fake life and what you do doesn't matter in the long run. Yeah. Like that, that if you be, like, that's a lie that <laughs> the culture tells us that like college years or like young 20s, like we can go out and do whatever we want, but that's such a lie. We can't mm-hmm. do whatever we want with our bodies, like experimenting with drugs or anything like that. Like that right. will catch up to us. Yes. Experimenting yes. with relationships, if we're not yeah. being real, that it does damage. Like there is so much seriousness when I say this, if you have a surface level relationship throughout all of your dating and all of your engagement, you're in for a very rude awakening. Um, because, uh, becoming one is a very serious thing <laughs> and it is not surface level. So Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is our five tips, I guess. <laughs> All right. Number one, we're talking <laughs> about 
staying in reality. Like mentally, stay, like, like repeat to yourself the facts of the matter. Because especially as, as women, okay, if you are ladies listening, it's especially a temptation for us, psychologically speaking, we like to um, make things up, like like complete the story in our minds, right? Uh-huh. And this is like proven. I'm not just like picking on the women. Like this is like a psychologically proven thing. So like when that starts happening, just kind of remind yourself like, oh, actually, I've only spent two hours with this person in person. Like we've been on two dates. Okay. So like, we're not talking, we're not picking out rings yet. Like we are literally getting to know one another from the ground up. Just like stay rooted in reality because that will help you not only A, pick up on like serious things that might not align with each other, like red flags or like not believing in the same things or not agreeing on really important topics, right? Mm -hmm. If we stay rooted in reality, we will have a better gauge on when those things come up and then what to do when those things come up. Because if we're not rooted in reality and something comes up along the line and we're like, oh, but this is so fun, we're going to write it off Mm -hmm. and we're not going to take it seriously. Yeah. We're like going to hope that that goes away. It's not going to go away. And I think sometimes if we, like, it's okay to, like, dream, you know, and to, like, hope for. But I think so often it goes down a spiral of becoming, like, unrealistic expectation. Like, you are in your head about what you want this man to be or become versus what he is. Mm -hmm. And what he aspires, you know? So then let's say you've been dating this person and in your head, you're like, okay, but someday he's going to do this. And someday he's going to be this. And someday he'll achieve this. What if he doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's when it gets dangerous because you've been in your mind dating what you expect him to be. Versus what he is. And that goes both ways. That goes for guys too. I think some, you know, and so just staying in reality and like knowing who the person is and not Mm -hmm. your wish for them. Absolutely. And I think that goes, that goes very well into the next point. And the second point is ask a lot of questions. Like, like this is the getting to know you phase for a reason. And that is what helps combat that making that person up in your mind. Because Mm -hmm. if you're having conversations and you're asking them what they're thinking about a certain topic or something, instead of leaving it for our minds to fill in the blanks with what we hope they'll be like or what we hope their aspirations are, we're actually asking them the questions and getting their real responses. Yeah. Um, I also, like, I... I think a lot of people are like, how early is too early to have those conversations and ask those questions? Um, I don't think it's ever too early. (laughs) 
Um, you can say that louder, Kelsey. I don't think it's ever too early. Uh, so I would say like, even in my first date was very casual. Um, I had to work the next day. So, I mean, it wasn't any, it was a really good first date. And um, if you ask Ethan, it was the best first date he's ever been on. <laughs> so uh, if you can't see that, I just did a very large hair flip. That was incredible. Um, um, but I think we were on, like we had hung out a couple times and like chatted, but like our third actual date, um, we went to a local brewery with some of my friends and, you know, we're having a good time. And then, uh, my good friend Mackenzie calls me and she's like, Hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, nothing. I'm just on a date kind of. Um, and she's like, uh, well, I am in labor. Can you come over and watch my children while my husband and I go to the hospital? I was on call. Like that was my duty. Okay. And I was, I was like, going to say, just out of random. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just, and she's like, Ethan can come. That's fine. Because, <laughs> you know, she knew that I was seeing this guy. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So Ethan and I leave. At this point, we were at a bar. We left my friends there. Him and I go to Mackenzie's house and we, you know, dismiss her and her husband so they can go have a child. And Ethan and I just hung out until her mother-in-law shows up. So she shows up. Ethan and I go back to um, my apartment and uh, that slingshot, slingshotted, slingshot, I don't know. Um, that really pushed us into some very serious conversations. Um, so on our third date, we talked about our religion. We talked about our upbringing. We talked about like our expectations of our future families um, he talked about the seriousness of, uh, dating a farmer and how he can't move and I would have to move there. And we talked about our kids going to school in Bertrand and we talked about, um, like our expectations with, um, sex and waiting for marriage for sex. And, um, those are all really, really big topics. And those were all really, really hard to have on the third date, but it was so nice because then the rest of our dating was so intentional and we knew each other's expectations. Um, we were both fully aware that neither of us were just like dating to date. We were both at the point of our lives where we were specifically dating to find like to marry. Um, and I just think having those conversations early helped me, um, protect my heart uh, because I am a person who does get attached quickly. And like, had we waited to ask those big questions, like, let's say he had complete different answers for me and I had waited a long time. I would already be so set. Mm -hmm. And then if he's giving me answers that just don't align with my beliefs and like all of these things. It's so much harder to make those decisions and be like, Oh, maybe this isn't right for me. Mm -hmm. And maybe this isn't right for him. So I think it's so important to ask those questions so early. I 100% agree. <laughs> ask the questions early. And mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you, you're a young woman and you're thinking, like, I want to let the man lead. Does that also mean leading in conversation or do I have the right to, to, you know, bring up different conversations? 
Absolutely. Like there are ways that men can lead in a relationship, which I think, uh, you know, is hard in our culture to really even know what to expect anymore. But when it comes to conversation, like you are as much a part of this relationship as he is. Uh-huh. Your heart is just as Im- as important in this situation. Ask the questions early because like you said, Kelsey, it is really easy to to get attached quickly. Yep. And so we want to make sure that we're attaching to people who we can actually see a future with where there aren't roadblocks that are kind of like make or break situations. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, yes, any relationship will end in one of two ways. Either it will end or you will get married. So if those are the two outcomes, right, we have to realize that going forward in any dating endeavor we go on. But it's like, ask the tough questions because you want to know what's at stake? The rest of your lives. You know what's at stake? Mm -hmm. Your future family. You know what's at stake? Your sanctity. Their sanctity. Like, we have to understand going in, and I know it's putting a lot of pressure on like a first date or like you're chatting on a dating app, but like it's, there's no time to screw around and you know, like ask the questions, be really sure. Um, anyway, I will stop before I go any further because I have obviously a lot of thoughts on this topic and it's not just today's not the day. I don't want people to move today. So our next point. <laughs> You're doing great. As we've said before, it wouldn't be an episode if one of us didn't get going. <laughs> so I'm so embarrassed right now. Just okay. Don't, take the next one. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so um, next we're going to take interest in the other. Um, and hear me out on this. This might be a hot take. Uh, their opinions matter too. Even if they're different than ours. Mm-hmm. And if we expect to be like heard out on a topic, um, we also have to hear them out on a topic. Yes. And I th- think of it as like, there's different postures to take when it comes to receiving someone's information, Right. Yeah. We could either look at it from, okay, what good are you to me? So, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to ask you this question so that I know how much to expect from you or, like, w- what your answer, like, how well your answer fits into my vision of my life. Like, that's like a posture of of I'm gathering information for me. Yeah, And then there's the posture of, I'm interested in this person and what this person is all about. Like genuinely interested in them for their sake, not always for for our sake, right? Yeah. Now, in in romantic love, there's both, okay? Uh, talk about this in my program. We talk about all these things, but like there's both. However... When you're in this phase, like it's a, it's a tricky balance because you don't want it to be 
all selfish of like, I'm asking these questions so that I know and I'm not listening really to your react or to your answer. I'm just kind of seeing if it matches up with mine in my head. And but analyzing. at the same time, mm-hmm. the getting to know you phase is kind of that phase where you have to be really like logistical, like lo- not logistical, logical. Wow. You're good. <laughs> logical with like, you kind of have to be on your guard and a little bit selfish with like, no, I actually don't want this for my future, you know? So that's different than like hearing somebody's answer and being like, "Mm, because it doesn't align with me, that's like a mark on you. Like, no, no, these two things are separate. You can listen to somebody's answer and genuinely learn more about them and be happy for them even if that means that they believe something that you can't believe in and therefore the relationship will not continue. Those things can happen. Uh So like listen well. Like when you ask a question, like listen for the answer, not how it immediately affects you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, this is a part of getting to know each other, especially in a relationship where you're looking for a spouse, um, listening to their answers and like showing interest in that is you're learning new ways to love them in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, like you'll catch when you're really paying attention you're going to catch things. You're going to catch things that like rub them the wrong way or things that like make them feel good or, you know, like all of these things. I think something that's really important with men is like confirming their masculinity. Mm -hmm. And when you're listening to their conversations, like in listening to their answers, like I think you learn little ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you didn't listen intently, you're missing out on ways to love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Something that I think of that like drives me crazy when I'm um, an observer, like like in a movie, when there's a scene where one of the parties has something that's like hard or big and they didn't share it with the other person. And when that comes out and the reaction of the other person is I can't believe you didn't tell me instead Ugh. of I am so sorry for what you're going through or like whatever the, right. the the piece of information warrants. Like that drives me absolutely crazy. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to get at here with this point of like we want to be able to receive what they're, what they're communicating versus yeah. like reacting to it. Does that make sense? Yeah responding over reacting yeah it yeah we can all grow in that i mean i can oh for <laughs> you know and like understand that some of the things that they tell you are difficult for them to tell you mm-hmm. you know um for a man to be vulnerable is very difficult um 
at least for the men I've encountered in my life. You know, it's not something they're going to take lightly. Mm-hmm. And for us to dismiss that mm-hmm. is not okay. Whether we end up with them or not. Because we could take this a, a step further. If, if a guy opens up to you and is vulnerable and you shut him down, you ruined the ability for him to do that with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like you, you hardened that wall. Mm -hmm. We have to remember that if we expect our vulnerability to be like graciously accepted, we have to graciously accept theirs. Mm -hmm. You know, Yeah. And if there are any men here listening to that, it's the same thing. Like it is not, it's not easy for us women to be vulnerable either. Uh And so when we are, it doesn't mean that, or when we are more often than you are, it doesn't mean that it comes easier or that our our emotions or anything like that is less than because maybe we just share more of them. Uh-huh. Like that is that is damaging too when when that's not taken seriously. Yeah. So I think just be intentional with learning about the other person. And just like it really comes down to remember that this is another human being. Yeah. It is so easy when you are in the getting to know you phase and you're doing a lot of texting or messaging. It is so easy to disassociate the messages from the actual person. Uh-huh. So don't take it for granted that it's an actual person. Like yeah. the thing that that really bothers me about a lot of the dating apps and stuff is simply the lack of humanity. It's really discouraging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess the only way to have that be better is to make sure that we're always doing our best. Right. You know, um, this is my last point at this. Um, When you're on a date with a person, put your phone away. Yes. (laughs) Your phone doesn't need to be on the table. Okay. And if it does need to be on the table, cause you're waiting on a family emergency face down. Mm-hmm. Cause I promise if it's an emergency, they'll call. Mm-hmm. You don't need to check every text for the love of everything. Put your phone away. Remember. Okay. If you haven't read or listened to our episodes on during Lent, when we went through not Lent, this is Lent during Advent, when we went through, um, the book yeah called ruthless elimination of hurry yes we talked about this we talked about um how it actually takes like the brain seven minutes to re-engage in a conversation after you glance at your phone yeah after your attention is taken because your phone vibrates or you glance at a text and you don't even open it like you're just glancing at the screen It takes your brain seven minutes to get back into a conversation. If you have a coffee date that lasts one hour, 
That's a bummer. And you check your phone four times. That's half the coffee date. Your oh. brain is just trying to get back. If I did the math right. Yeah. You did. 7, 14, 21. Yep. Sidebar. Oh, you you probably didn't do... Never mind. Never mind. No sidebar. Um, Tell me. What, what were you going to say? Um, did you ever... Is it Schoolhouse Rock? Yeah, what about it? Did you ever learn with Schoolhouse Rock? Learn with it? Yeah. Like the number... No, but I knew what it was. Like, that's how I just counted to see what seven times four was. I love it. Seven, 14, 21, 28. 35, 42, 49, 56. Anyways. Okay. All right. Back to the task at hand. Um, This next tip, uh, number four, is set boundaries. And yes, while while it can be like explicit boundaries with the other person about like, you know, different things. I think more importantly, and what I'm trying to get at with the, like, especially in the getting to know you phase is set boundaries for yourself, like mental boundaries, emotional boundaries, what type, like how much information you're sharing right away, like these types of things. Like don't be uh, inauthentic in answering questions, but like if there's a question that gets to something that you're not comfortable sharing, just say that, right? Like I'm not really comfortable sharing that in this moment. Like maybe uh-huh. if this works out down the road, I will, I'd happily share. But right now that's a boundary that I have. Right. You can say that that's a totally valid answer. Um, but, but I think having your own boundaries in your head of like a mental boundary of like, I'm going to keep my feet rooted in reality and I'm not going to let my head go crazy with like, making assumptions about this person, right? That's a boundary we can have in our own heads or like mm-hmm. an emotional boundary, right? Like not getting too attached too early or um, like sharing overly emotional sentiments, uh, like like sharing those in relation to asking tough questions, like not going overly romantic, you know, yeah, conversations before you've had any real conversation. Yeah. Such like that. I don't know what to add to that. Okay. Well, let's go to number five then. Do you have anything? I really, I really don't. I feel like you just kind of. Well, sure. Knock it out right there. Boundaries. (laughs) Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And well, I will say this. Do you have to share those boundaries with that person? No, you don't. Just right. like keep them – and and they don't have to change from person to person. Like, hey, I'm in this dating season of my life. I'm single. I'm trying to find somebody. I'm going to set boundaries in my own head how I can get through this with as as little destruction of my life as possible. Hey. I mean, to be honest, that's where we're at. So like mm-hmm. these are the boundaries I'm going to have. I'm going to mentally – I'm going to make sure I'm being rooted in reality – I'm emotionally, I'm going to just, I'm going to ask more questions than get emotionally attached. I'm going to, you know, have my own boundaries when it comes to like physical stuff if we are meeting in person and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and etc. Like you can have those set for yourself as you're like in a season of dating. Right. I think I'm just going to say it. Um, you know, when you're asked the dreaded question of what your, what your outlook on premarital sex is, um, answer honestly and answer without hesitation and answer without embarrassment and answer with, um, without caveat, with confidence. Yeah. Like, um, that is a, that is a hard thing to do in this world. Um, you should be very confident in that answer. And I personally think it's something, something to be very proud of. Um, so answer like you're proud of it. I agree. And I think every time I'm asked that question and I'm like typing out my response, my thought process is this is, this is like build. This is where we're built saints. Yeah. Like this is heroic holiness in this day and age, standing up for what we believe in. And not backing down mm-hmm. and not being like, well, I'm Catholic, so the church teaches this, but I don't really know. Like, no, like, I believe in waiting for marriage. Yup. And I and believe- this is that, why. And, and this is why. I believe it is because it is so beautiful. The intimacy that a couple- experiences in the conjugal act is so beautiful and deep and like you can't even fathom right I'm not married I can't fathom it yet but I've learned about this a lot right so like like it is so big and beautiful and deep that it has to be protected and the way that it is protected is this commitment that a couple makes to each other when they get married, that they will be open to life, that they will be receiving of each other totally, faithfully, fruitfully, and forever. You, there is no breaking this bond. That is the only place in which this beautiful, deep, intimate thing that this couple shares will be safe. So I will leave it at that. But that's what you should say. I believe <laughs> that I should wait until marriage because it is so beautiful and so good. And I need to be safe. And the only way that it can be safe is when we're married. We're going to need a whole episode for me to get on a hot take about this one. I'll write it down. It's a good It's a good one. We, we need to. We need to do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Next. <laughs> What's our fifth tip? Health. Um, be yourself and know yourself. Mm. Because here's the thing. If you fake who you are, that's going to be a, an uncomfortable relationship. And also, to truly know yourself is such a valuable thing when you're getting married. Um, where I'm from, people often get married very young. And when I say very young, I'm talking like 
low 20s, like 20, 21, 22, 23. And to me, that is very young. And to those of you who know yourself by then, shout out to you. I wasn't one of them. Um, Ethan and I talk about this often. It was so beneficial for us to go through so much life as single individuals and to know how we handle things and how we respond to things and how our faith is important to us. Um, and that brought so much confidence into our individual selves when we were dating, um, of like, I know who I am and I know what kind of person will add value to that. I know that I deserve to be appreciated. I know that I deserve to be valued because this is what I know of myself. And this is what I, as an individual, bring to a relationship. Um, and you know what you need when you go through hard things. And I think when you know yourself, you're more capable of asking for the things you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not shame in that. Um, I was very open with Ethan. I'm a very big words of affirmation person. So like I need reassurance and I need confirmation. And, um, I knew that I needed to ask for that because if I'm not getting that, I'm faking, I'm faking something. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, knowing yourself allows you to be yourself. Totally. And it like knowing yourself is also a continual journey. It's not yeah. something that you arrive at. So yeah. if you're thinking to yourself like, yeah, I'm growing in that, but I'm not there yet. Does that mean I shouldn't be dating? Like, we'll take an honest look, okay? If if there's more work to be done and you feel like you can't do that alongside someone else, maybe take a break. Maybe focus on that for a little bit. Like ask the Lord what he wants from you in this season. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that we have to to know every little piece in and out because we learn as we grow together. Yeah. And we learn what we need when we're starting to begin to be in a relationship like that, right? Um, yeah. There's a lot of things to learn about yourself when you're in a relationship versus when you're not. Um, some people had experiences when they were young in high school, college of being in relationships. Some people haven't as an adult, this is your first relationship. So it's like, yeah, just, just give yourself grace with that too. And remember that like, just because you may not be where you want to be, doesn't mean it's like, oh, well, that's where I'm at. It's like, yeah, take that as an invitation to continue yeah. Growing and knowing about yourself. Knowing, knowing about what? No. I know. We all know what you're saying. <clears throat> um, I also think when you truly allow yourself to be yourself when dating, that allows um, the person that you're with um, to know you honestly in some ways better than you know yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a cliche thing to say, but there are so many instances where Ethan like thinks ahead and he's like, 
already figured these things out. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. I never would have thought about that. But that's like exactly what I needed. And he's like, well, yeah, Kelsey, I know you pretty well. You're like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, you do. But he wouldn't had I not been myself. Also, sometimes if we don't know ourselves, we won't recognize that that's what we needed. Yeah. Right? Like, we might be, like, subconsciously aware, like, oh, yeah, I do feel better now. But, like, yeah, really being, like, like that's exactly what I needed. Like, that's such a cool like, thing, too. Oh, like, you just got me to my core. Yeah. To yeah. Be known. Like, like I said in, a while ago, did I say it here? I can't remember. No, I was writing him talk for something else but I talked about being seen known and loved and how that's such a desire we have and part of that is being able to to know and see ourselves Mm -hmm. and to love ourselves of like we won't know to the depth of which we need to be seen known and loved until we realize like we know and love and see ourselves yeah through God's eyes, of course, not. not she just this. made me dance a little. <laughs> I think there were some finger guns in there too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, you want to know what I um thought of this as we started? I'm sorry I didn't warn you at at the beginning, Kelsey. But um, these are great things to think about in terms of when we're single and like things to talk about. I am hosting a workshop on the 27th of this month, and we're going to talk about longing and singlehood and how that's, it's really painful, but how it's necessary and how it's good. So it's a workshop. So come prepared to like get some answers for yourself and to come away with like a plan to figure out this season of your life because that's what we're doing. It's on the 27th, which is a Tuesday night, and we're going to have it at 7 Eastern time. Um, By the time this comes out, enrollment will be open. So check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, But I want to see you there because if you're in this season of singleness, this I think will really help. So, Um, And I just want to say – these kinds of things are important to do for yourself. I think so often we're like, no, we can figure it out ourselves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to put in some hard work. And, and that comes from things that aren't just at home. I, I, mm -hmm. there are people who are good at these things that we can learn from. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is okay to not be that person and to have to be the person in the course and to want to be the person in the course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a valuable thing. Um, and it's, it's worth the time and effort to do. Yeah. And yeah. it's also like so beneficial to see other people. Yeah. Like to have that community to come alongside you and be like, I'm here with you in this moment and we're learning together. Sometimes it is so lonely doing it on your own, not only for the reason why, you know, you are longing for a relationship and that's not happening and you're lonely in that way, but it's also really lonely, especially if 
all of your best friends are maybe married and have kids and are just in a different season of life than you are. So like come even if like you just need community and you need to know that other people are out there striving um, for the same things you are and are as lonely as you are because we're not meant to be alone, but you know, our culture and our situations are such that we are oftentimes more alone than we should be. So this is an opportunity to meet other people who are maybe in a similar situation as you are and just to be poured into and encouraged. Yep. I think that's really important. So come, I would love to see you. I love it. It's going to be like two hours. It's going to be so fun. I think if you're, yeah, you every, yeah, do it. 10 out of 10. (laughs) I've taken workshops with Laura Jean and I 12 out of 10 recommend. Love it. You're my, you're my biggest cheerleader. Always. That's my biggest goal in life is to be everybody's biggest cheerleader. I love it. All right, Kelsey, what is your liveliness list for this week? All right. We're recording this on Thursday, which means tomorrow is in fact the cab sale. I am very excited. Heck yeah. Tomorrow is the day I get to spend the day at the sale barn. Um, literally my favorite day of the year. Um, that also means I have a three day weekend. I'm very excited. A lot of people have a three day weekend because it's president's day on Monday. Who knew? Oh yeah. I'll still be at work on Monday. Um, and then my mom and I are going to paint at, uh, our house at mine and Ethan's house. So we're going to get some projects done. Um, yeah. Nice. So it all kind of revolves around a three day weekend. Um, but my mind, my body and my heart all need a break. So, um, it'll be good. Amazing. Yeah. What's yours? Um, mine, I've had a couple of productive days this week and that just feels really good after, life circumstances, I've taken a break from a lot of things. So getting back into it and having a couple of productive days has been really good. So that's been beautiful. Um, Second thing, conversations with the Lord, you know, leaving space in your day is, is a game changer. It's a game changer. So that's been really beautiful. And, um, Oh, okay. I have a story I have to share. My my list thing, like what's on the list literally says cardboard box joy. Okay. Now this requires a story. So I have these massive cardboard boxes that I've had for a couple of months that my couches came in that like I never got rid of because they're so big and they don't fit in my recycling bin. And I just, I didn't have time to break them down. Anyway, they've been sitting in my living room for months and finally, I like am part of this like buy nothing group on Facebook and I posted a picture and I was like, does anyone want these big boxes? Like whatever. <laughs> and this lady responds and she's like, oh my gosh, this would be perfect for my daughter. She would love to play in it. I don't have a truck though, so I can't come and get it. And so I sent her a message privately and I was like, listen, like, I don't have a truck either, but I know someone who does. Let me call them and see if I can get this. Like, I would love to give this box to you. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that would be incredible. So I call my brother. And I'm like, hey, can you come over tomorrow and give this box <laughs> to the stranger? And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, please. <laughs> so anyway, he comes over the next day. 
we pick up the box and we bring it over and, um, you know, we had, we discussed the timing and everything. And I sent her a message. I said, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. And she wasn't there and which is fine. There's no like payment being, I was giving it to her. Right. So I literally just put it on her driveway, hoping it's her house. And I'm like, like I send her a message. Like I just left it outside, like enjoy, not expecting anything in return. Like no, no message, no, nothing. Um, but about 10 minutes later, I get a message and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I ran to the grocery store. Thank you so much for dropping it off. My daughter is so excited. She hasn't been, she hasn't stopped talking about it all day long. She can't wait for it to get there. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Then of course I'm like, oh yeah, of course I will not not hear anything again. No, no. Hours later, she sends pictures of her kids inside it and how they decorated it. And she was like, they, they wanted to make, um, a fruit and vegetable stand. And so we, we cut out windows and we like decorated it. And I'm like, that just like, was so sweet that like, I love it. Yeah. So I'm really happy that that happened. (laughs) Precious. I'm obsessed with that actually. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next week. Can't wait. We're so glad you joined us on this episode of Learning to Flourish podcast. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave us a rate and review.